I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today at the, on the Bull Creatives Collective podcast. I am talking today, or actually, you know what? We get to talk today with a friend of mine that I know from a long ago, um, Stephanie Uhas, who is coming to us live with her wine glass full of coffee um, <laughs> <laughs> from Mexico. Stephanie, I'm so excited to see you. It has been way too long and I've been following your journey um, over the past couple of years and I'm excited to chat with you about it today. I'm so excited to reconnect with you too, TJ. Thank you. Can you give us all an idea of who you are, what you're about, and then we can have some fun in the conversation? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, my name is Stephanie Uas. I'm a writer, producer, and creative weirdo. Um, I am actually now uh, following in the footsteps of my um, Eastern European Transylvanian traveler roots, and I'm a digital nomad. So instead of um, going around in a Romani wagon with a compass, now um, uh, I take Uber and have uh, Google Maps. Uh, I <laughs> originally grew up in Jersey, um, but I went to UArts um, in Philadelphia, where I studied um, animation. I have a BFA in animation, and I helped um, co-found Cinevore Studios and Crystalline Studios, um, both production companies um, based out of Philadelphia, as well as Project 21, a 501c3 nonprofit with the epic mission to exhibit, promote, inspire, and connect creatives. And now um, I am running a creative consulting firm called Permission Slip based out of Los Angeles, even though I um, am based all over the world, sort of where the yeah. flight fields and opportunities take me. And what my real goal is to is to um, help infuse creativity into other people's projects. While I myself um, make my own creative projects, I yeah. mostly work in film and TV, and I have sold three original TV series and helped reboot Mystery Science Theater 3000. Wow. All of that. And you're living in beautiful Mexico, which is just amazing. Right. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm visiting Mexico. Visiting, I live nowhere, yes. darling. I yeah. live nowhere, darling. <laughs> and that is that is awesome living nowhere visiting mexico and getting to really create some amazing work and projects and it sounds like help other creatives do the same uh, at the same time um Absolutely. and yeah and that's what i want to talk a little bit about with you today because when i first met you I think I don't know oh my god like probably like 10 years ago or something I remember we I was working at UArts after we both had graduated from UArts and we were sitting right. in that coffee shop on Pine Street uh 13th and Pine uh last yeah. drop we were sitting there and you were just talking to me about you know, being a young creative at the time, trying to pitch. <laughs> at the time. Pitch. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I'm like, now I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting so old and, you know, all of this stuff. And we, but yeah, 10 years ago or something like that. And you were just talking about getting ready to pitch some of your early stuff to some of these production companies and 
um, you were you were even then going back to UArts and talking to students about what it's like to get out there and put yourself put yourself out there and take risks. And now here we are all these years later and you're still taking risks and oh, yeah. living a life developing or building a life that is sustainable as an artist, which I think is the dream of so many people who, you know, start on similar journeys as us. And I would love for you to talk about how you've managed to build that sustainable artistic career um, while living, living all of the ups and downs and roller coaster experiences of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I can't believe it was 10 years ago, back when, back when I didn't have knee pain. <laughs> hey, yeah, you oh and God. me both. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, for me, it started off sort of unconventionally because I have um, an immigrant family. And so we grew up um, economically disadvantaged. So I didn't have like cable TV or lots of toys and things like that. So I yeah. drew as sort of an outlet. And so then when my family was um, down on their luck, you know, I didn't get allowance or anything like that. I would sell my artwork, basically knock off Disney characters and comic book characters on the playground. Right. So I was like that nerdy kid taking the bullies lunch money. Right. Yeah. And so it started honestly out of hunger and necessity. And so I just kind of followed through and I went from illustration to like, you know, most people when they're 17, 18 years old, they're thinking about, oh, you know, oh, I want to get a car and all this kind of right. stuff. And I'm sitting there registering my first LLC, uh, Shiny Grape Studios, because my little independent <laughs> company that again, company that started with like, you know, cra literally crayon drawings went to okay now i i saved up for colored pencils okay like now you know i'm winning a bunch of awards and i'm selling stuff and then but also at the same time you know i've always been a storyteller so i was starting to get gigs um writing for the local newspaper um yeah. i had i had my own column um then i ended up uh in a band and booking gigs there and it was just always like like basically for advice of how to make a life as uh, a sustainable life as an artist is you just tell people what kind of art you do just tell everyone was by saying i'm a professional artist yeah. i became one like right middle school right and so the thing is is that since i'm a multidisciplinary creative i ended up you know flexing based on like a lot of opportunities um right. especially since i like working with other people so yeah i ended up you know, it was actually funny too. going to UArts actually gave me a little bit of a pay cut because I was selling art. And then at that point, like, I don't know, like crazy palm tree lamps that I was making with my ex-boyfriend, he would do the like, <laughs> elect like the electricity in it, but I would like make them, you know, in right. the kiln and all that right. stuff. But going to art school, everybody was artists. Yeah. And I'm like, crap like now I can't sell it because all y'all are too dang talented so that's when I had to l learn to surround myself with people who are different from me which is right. really that was really uncomfortable so you were saying earlier that I help um, creative people actually these days I'm, I'm helping a lot of people who are not creative at all okay. unlock their creativity these wow. logical minded folks who are facing like burnout maybe working at google or just you know need uh are not trying to 
um, sell TV shows like I do. They're just trying to get into the habit of drawing every uh, single yeah. week, just as catharsis, knowing like for me, making a sustainable life as an artist doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be rich or have to be famous. It's okay right. to have it as a side hustle. It's okay to have it as a passion. Right. If we keep pushing out these goals of like, I'm not an artist until like I have my own gallery show or right. I see my name in the glowing rectangle right. of streaming, whatever, then you're not going to enjoy the journey. You're not going to enjoy the process. It's going to become an obligation almost. Right. And when yes. we see the, and when we experience things as obligations, right the motivation to to do it right or to explore it goes away decreases right because it's just something that we have to do and what i'm hearing you say is that it shouldn't be an obligation right it should be something that is you know a a passion that you want to do it you don't have to if you don't want to or if it's not happening for you right now to become, you know, a professionally successful air quotes person, that's okay. But pursue your creativity so that you can thrive in your life, right? You're working with people on occasion, it sounds like who are just like burning out, but when they tap into their creativity, they're able to come back alive again and probably yes. live in into their life so much better. Well, having creativity as a part of your life just makes you a more well-rounded person. I mean, a lot of times I've done quite a bit of improv um, and I've just noticed that improv is for everyone because it learn, it helps you learn how to be a better communicator and respond to the person in front of you. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to get your own Netflix special. And I don't right. necessarily mean that you shouldn't do anything you don't want to do because I got to tell you, like when you do service work, you do a lot of stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. But I think finding that balance of what does sustainable mean to you? So for, for me, sustainable meant I need to make money from my art, period. Right. I don't have a net. I don't have a secret day job. I don't have a trust fund. Right. I don't have any of that. And that has right. been from day one. And so my personal struggle has been boundaries because a lot of people will hear, you know, oh my God, Steph, you're a writer or you know how to draw or you know how to do this. Can you um please um um you know make wedding invitations for me or you know cancer party right. or like like my cousin's sister's influencer dog really wants to pick your brain <laughs> and right. I have to say right like and they look at it like like I'm giving you an opportunity to make mm -hmm. art this is what you want and I have to say I can help here's my rate sheet. Yeah. And that I know sounds crazy, but it has been so hard. And especially as a woman, as a woman, because I previously had um, a, a production partner who was male and he did not run into the issues of billing in the way that I have. And it has been frustrating. And I've even yeah. noticed now that I have a Hollywood representation, I'm repped by zero gravity. People pay my invoices pretty fast because I have a mean Hollywood person who's like, hey, you have to pay Stephanie for her scripts, right. right? Right. But the amount of like emotional labor that I have to do to explain to people, like if you want to pick my brain, that costs money because yes. you're taking away from my own creative projects. You're like, but you're so nice. And almost all of the women right. who I talk to have run into the same thing and I'm not sure. just in creativity, in psychology, in yeah. consulting. And it's something 
it's just a unique issue that I've been finding that we need to, as a society, work through, guys. <laughs> Figure it the hell out. We do. I mean, seriously. I mean, like, yeah, I I can relate on the other side because, you know, I am a, a white guy, right? And so people pretty much do what I ask and do what I say, right? Because I have this privilege that is that is just bonkers to me that my the people that work with me or my colleagues who happen to be women run into these roadblocks all of the time similar to what you're talking about which is like people avoid them they don't pay their they don't pay their invoices quickly they have to like really track them down and i'm like i don't have these problems and so when i hear people who are just different than me right i'm like man i am really in this white guy silo, like living my good life when my friends are out there, like really working that much harder to just, you know, survive and eat because they're a woman. Like, and I think people don't realize the bias. I don't think people realize the bias. And most of the time it's not malicious. Like most right. of the interactions, at least for me, especially that right now I'm focusing up on my niche that, you know, I write, um, poignant comedy, basically. And I have opportunities. Like I had just had a meeting with NBC yesterday. I just booked a meeting with stars. My next meeting is with Paramount plus right. like, like I have crazy opportunities. So yeah. when people hear about this, they think that they're presenting me opportunities by coming up to me and saying, Stephanie, I have an idea for you. It's going to make you a million dollars. Right. Because um, there's this like legend that's going around of like, that's all you need is an idea. And that's hilarious. And I would call, tell everyone, <laughs> go on to Shark Tank and talk to those folks about it. Because it's not just the arts, it's it's inventors or whatever. It is not just about idea, it's execution and it's reputation. And how I've been right. explaining it to people is, listen, you could say your idea to me. I was like, first off, you're going to create a legal problem for me, because if I'm working on something like that, then I've got to prove to you that I've been in your I've been in development for seven years right. um, of your idea of Stephanie, you should write about your childhood. Yeah. No. Uh, yes, obviously. <laughs> right, what you know, but second, it's sort of like. When I get an invitation to come into Netflix, it's, you know, like they're inviting me because a producer or like uh, my men my former mentor at Netflix, um, Megan, like someone is saying like, we want Stephanie in um, and they go through my bio like I, I went through um, when I came onto the call right. and they're, you know, they're, and I can't then say, okay, guys, I have an idea for you. This dude who I met at the bar, oh my God, it's a workplace comedy because his coworkers are so fucking funny. Oh my God, you're not going <laughs> to believe it. I'm going to get kicked out of there. Right. They are, it's taken me 20 years to get the reputation and make the sales. Yeah. If anything I've written ends up in the glowing rectangle, I will surely do the dance of joy, but doesn't mean I'm not working. And right. a lot of other creators are having this problem and it's affecting their lives because you can't even go to Thanksgiving dinner without like, you know, drunk, you know, Billy Jean being like, Oh my God. Oh my the God. The funniest thing happened. I have the best idea. And then like, you know, you can have that, you can keep that. And you know, it's kind of funny to a certain point until, until it's not, <laughs> until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are so well-meaning, aren't they? 
<laughs> yes, no, totally. And that's what, yes, yes. But yeah, but what you're saying is really true. Like there's so much more that goes into it than just the idea. Um, the the people that I, the some of the people that I work with um, young emerging or rising artists who are trying to really figure out what the hell it is they do, who it is they are, um, and how to get going. They're like, man, like I get so much feedback that my work is awesome. I'm so talented. Like I could have this, I could have that, but why aren't I getting this and that, right? Look at this work, look at this wonderful work. And I'm like, yeah, your work is wonderful. And then I talk about things similar to what you were talking about, which is, you know, it is other things besides just being a talented craftsperson, right? Um, yeah. Or a technician. Yeah. Um, what would you say is out of some of the things that you've listed there, right? Execution, uh, network, uh, or, um, uh, you know, reputation. Like, what would you say? are some of the things that some of these younger people should be really focusing on if they've got the skill sets down in terms of their artwork already? I think it's actually banishing one thought. No one is coming to save you. You can't just sit here and like make amazing art in your studio apartment. And then someone is going to Kool-Aid man through, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the brick wall yeah, just like come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I love, I love the maison scene in, in the last <laughs> scene. You know, editor, right? You, and it sucks because you, everything is important. Everything. Yeah. It's and here's the thing. Um, I've run into people who have giant networks, over a million Facebook followers, but they don't have relationships with them. So for me, actually, the most important thing, like people always say, it's who you know. Yeah. And that sounds, that, I, I heard that when I was 20 and I, that made me despondent because I'm like, I don't know anybody. Like, who do I know? My hundred year old grandma? Like, she's not going to get me a TV show, right? Right. Um, you know, I'm not a fancy Hollywood person, but it's your relationships. So the people who you're going to school with, you know, if you are in your exact, like basically you find the exact niche that makes you so freaking happy and get even like, like, oh no, I don't just want to be in the arts. I want to be an animation and right. I specifically want to be an adult right. primetime animation, right? That's how niche. And then I'm like, where are those assholes? Where are they? And it doesn't matter that none of us like are famous or influential because you, you know, when you make it, um, everybody wants to jump into your limousine, but you remember who rode the bus with you. And that's right. not my quote. I'm pretty sure that's Oprah, but I think about that a lot. Yeah, and when yeah, I yeah. think about now that I'm 20, 20 years in um, on my career, I'm like, right, who are the people who I'm working with? The people who were laughing about how, like, remember when we would dig through the couch cushions at UART so right. we could get 75 cents for right. a soda? Right. And it was growing together rather than reaching out on Twitter for Kim Kardashian to save us, right? Here's the thing. We are now in the world. Sometimes that shit works though. Sure. So like, don't like not reach out to, right. to Ms. King because I've had a lot of my stuff go viral because someone who was influential, like, it it, someone yeah. referred it and then they retweeted it. And I'm like, why do I have a thousand new emails? Right. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah. the multifaceted attack of, okay, okay, 
I'm going to put in 10,000 hours to become an expert in my field of the exact niche, right. lovely thing that I like, um, or, you know, like I should be talking like a Renaissance woman. I, I don't do that. I, I diversify, but you know, yeah. it's still within the arts right. to um, look at who you vibe with and who you actually enjoy creating with, or, and that doesn't mean necessarily collaboration because sometimes it's, you know, making art, it's like alone, but together yeah. Um, yeah. has been profound. And it's also great for co-working and accountability, right? Yeah. And then just look at what are the opportunities and what's your end goal? What I've really found is having like, what's your big dream, your shoot for the moon dream, right? So mine, I came up with when I was a little kid, I said, I was like somewhere between kindergarten and first grade, I was obsessed with the little mermaid. And I was yeah. like, one day I want to make something that um, makes other kids as happy as I am right now watching the little mermaid. And I will see someone wearing that character for Halloween, that specific. And I am still on that journey. When it happens, when I see one of my characters come to fruition and I see kids yeah. dressed in Halloween costumes as my character, I will explode into a ball of confetti and go back to, <laughs> to wherever I can. <laughs> right? right? Um, that specific. And then it's like, all right, well then how do I break that down into smaller achievable goals? Yeah, and then yeah. it's so minute that you want to get started immediately to motivate yourself. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. happens like the paper is magic, write right. it down of like what you want to do. And it doesn't necessarily, like I said, have to be, I want my own Netflix special. It right. could literally be like, you know what? I don't need to get paid for this. I need stability. So I want to have a normal day job, but I want to be able to do stand-up comedy just for fun on the weekends, or I want to do improv with my kids. These are right. all valid choices. Sure. They're all valid choices. Stephanie, you have just like given like so much, so many different directions that I would love to go in and we could have like all of these uh, so many different conversations about it. One of the things that I, I heard you say uh, just towards the end there um, was like pinging my brain about like goal setting and mm -hmm. a goal that many people might get kind of caught up in is, okay, the thing that I'm shooting for is the Netflix special, right? Okay. Um, but I think that sometimes that, is like not necessarily it, it's an achievable goal for some people but it's not really the goal that's going to necessarily keep you um motivated all the time right like i heard you say something about um smaller achievable goals right yes, that yes. Kind of, you know and if at the end of the line it is something like a special or some iteration of that that's awesome and that's wonderful but the the smaller pieces of your process to getting there and focusing on those i think are the powerful pieces right and that's what keeps you motivated and uh and part of motivation is the drug addiction of the dopamine hit what's giving you dopamine hits is it um putting that doodle that you made on Facebook and getting likes? Is it getting, right. um, you know, every month, you know, something out for first Friday? Like, what is it? And like, literally, like, right. listen to your body, like, what is bringing you joy? What is giving you because you know, we're all addicts, right? And so some people are spending all their time, you know, getting loaded on the weekends, like, like, 
my addiction is for me, um, just like creating. And for me, the message is more important than the medium. And I found that once I realized, wait, holy crap, the process is actually what I enjoy. And the hopeful potential, I realized, you know, what? I stopped going after that whole idea of making it. And I realized I made it years ago. I made it when I said, you know what, I'm not going to commit to an arranged marriage. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get a scholarship to UArts. And I, um, you know, went to college. And, yeah. you know, my, my mom, I think, has about an eighth grade education, you know. So, yeah. I'm so I'm so thankful that she worked hard to like get us to this country so I could have that opportunity. I'm making it when I, you know, overcome, you know, social anxiety by taking acting classes so I could do things like make eye contact, right? We're making it every day. And if I think if you continue to do things that scare you a little bit, um, that's, making it and that's what's going to actually motivate you because it will become a a drug addiction yeah and then you're not going to just say someday the other thing about motivation which i meant to mention earlier is you know at least for me like i have adhd so i have to have deadlines Mm -hmm. um or else it's it's just not going to happen for me and 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 i think this is pretty normal even uh you know for for folks who are not neurodiverse that life can get in the way so I have found that setting artificial deadlines does not work for me. I need real deadlines. So entering contests, film festivals, um, fellowships, like sometimes it's not about hoping to get the award at the end or the recognition. It's right. just literally like this film festival that sounds like it would be fun to go to needs my submission by this date. So I have to finish it. Right. Like it's that's an accountability why piece for you too. Right. It's exactly it's setting like a, a posting a flag of, you know, I'm going to get there, right. I'm going to get there. I'm going to do something by this date. And that keeps you going um, and not, and not stalling out that accountability piece is so important. And I, not Especially to like with friends. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, not to like write your story for you, but when you were saying, um, you know, I think I made it or I know I made it. I was thinking in my head, she's going to say, you know, she made it as soon as she said when she was younger, when she was a kid, she was an artist. Right. Yeah. I think I, I think I made it when I said, I'm going to do this for me instead of other people, because I am not the type of creative who's just like, I have this oeuvre and this opus that I must share with the world, like, you know, for me or whatever. I want to, I like to make stuff for people because I'm helping. I'm very community oriented. I was not planning to um, drop sexy comic book characters. Those were commissions. That was service work, even though I was in in the fourth grade. So I found that, I stopped drawing pictures of the little mermaid and cave women and dinosaurs, which is what I did for me because I started to feel guilty about like, okay, well, if I can make money at this, I only should be doing things that make money. Hmm. And so it took a long time to come back to that, but I started to actually make it when I gave myself permission to start creating stuff just for me and not worrying about, okay, like what's the network mandate right now at CBS and and I should be gearing towards that. And I honestly had to have um, 
my professor at UARTS helped me with this little Boston because I was making stuff that would have been very commercially viable. Like I had said, I, he is my witness. I, I was working on something about like a two fish in a fishbowl, but they kept on forgetting what they were doing, um, trying to escape a fishbowl. And he's like, this right. is exactly the scene from Finding Nemo, which hadn't wasn't out yet, but it was a teaser. You have to stop production because people are going to think you stole it. Wow. And then I was like, you know what we haven't seen in a really long time? Penguins. I should do something with penguins. And he was like, actually, you should do something really personal um, about your family because I hear you like that's what you talk about with talk your about. friends of like your crazy kooky, kooky family. Why don't you do something with that? And I'm like, no one will want that. And he's like, do it for you. And I started to do it for me, honestly, as therapy. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't afford a therapist at the time. And then that, and it's so funny because then, by the way, what became really successful during that time, freaking penguins, all the penguin movies were not <laughs> out yet. So I am uh, good at spotting trends, but what keeps like selling and as di different derivations of my life story, yeah. which I was just really writing for myself to be cathartic and then eventually, you know, made into a short film so I could pass you right. arts. Right. But I didn't want to do it. I found like, like I didn't want to share it with others. Like I still find it a little bit embarrassing. Huh. And I'm like, Hey, does anybody want to buy? I have a, a show about it's a, a, a dog and, and he is just a stupid dog, but he thinks he's, leading the first mission on Mars. It's called Mars Rover. Let's print money, guys. Mars Rover, right? And right. everyone's like, yeah, we like it. And it's, and it's, you know what? That's been optioned a couple times. It even had a, a, an one an RFP at Nick International. But the projects that keep going, the things that I get invited to instead of reaching out is yeah. all about my personal story. Wow, yeah. And, and every time it kills me to have to tell it because I find it painfully embarrassing. And I have asked myself, why? Why do people want this? Is because my initial intent was for me for you and not to like make a commercial success yeah. and it's for authentic me, it's that's genuine. the making it yeah so it's so a part of like i think really making it because i know people now i can't believe i'm saying this but like i know people who are legitimately like have over a hundred million dollars are celebrities their household names and i gotta tell you but, and again, we're not friends. I know them. That's different. I can't in get, invite them to your birthday party, kids. Right. Um, I got to tell you, some of the miserable, most miserable sons of bitches I ever met. Um, oh, am I allowed to curse? Sorry. Yeah, why not? I'm we'll so make it work. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> That's not, good. I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional. Um, and I'm like, why? You seem like you have everything. You made it. And they said, I didn't make it. I didn't make it because I don't have an Oscar. I don't have this or whatever. So I'm watching these people who can buy and sell all of my, like, like they could buy the gallery that right. I volunteer at right now, but they're, they're constantly reaching out for that next goalpost and not like celebrating the good meetings, yeah. celebrating, you know, like their achievements. Um, and just truly unhappiness and falling into, you know, drugs, alcohol, and yeah. it's sad to watch the joy. Now, the joy. I see how how the monetization of the arts yeah. sometimes can destroy artists. These are not bad people. These are normal people who we've put on pedestals and now are holding to a standard yeah. a, 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 over this idea of making it that they like you. It's something personal for you. You decide when you make it and you can decide that you made it freaking today because yeah. maybe you have you know, an illness and 
And just to get out of your freaking bed and brush your hair today is all you can do. That's all the spoons you have for. You made it, baby, you know, and you've been sitting in bed and you've been thinking about a poem. It doesn't matter that it didn't trend on Reddit. You're doing it. It doesn't, it's not a race. Give yourself permission right. to celebrate that you're wow. making it, baby. Wow. That is so, <laughs> and that is so powerful for people to just hear that validation, hear that affirmation that they are, they can decide that they're making it, right? They can decide yeah. that they're making it. That is so, so powerful. So Stephanie, like I know that, you know, over the past little while you have, like you were saying at the beginning, become a digital nomad where you're moving all around and you're settling and visiting Mexico right now. Um, but that came because of a significant change in your life, both creatively and personally. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit about what that experience has been like for you and and how you have seen it either serve your creative work or cause it challenges. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what this has been like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my life as I knew it completely changed um, August 2021. Um, I found out that my husband slash uh, production partner um, and then best friend slash uh, creative partner had fallen in love. And that was devastating. Um, also that same week, um, someone who I thought was, I, I looked at as my soul brother um, passed away. Wow. And then that same week, someone who um, was a patient of mine, I did a lot of volunteering during the pandemic um, yeah. for um, immuno immunocompromised people since we were under full quarantine. Yeah. She passed away as well. Wow. Wow. So I experienced a level of grief that like uh, gave me health problems. There was like a wow. point where I, I started to get a stutter. Um, I, I didn't know it could happen that like, like you've heard of like a broken heart, like, you know, like, like screaming to the sky, you know, Wolverine gene. Right. But I didn't know the sensation is actually like physical pain, heart yeah. being broken, like yeah. couldn't walk level of grief. And there were other complications with that. Right. Um, and so my path to be a digital nomad was not my choice. It was basically of, will I accept the new normal? Right. Because, um, you know, these are not bad people. These were my creative partners. And we were looking at it as like, we've created a lot together. Yeah. What do we do to protect our babies, especially because, you know, I was moving forward in production on a lot of stuff and what, you know, what networks don't want is a scandal. So right. having to, so we had to, I, so the way I compartmentalized, it was almost like um, these two people who I love a lot passed away so I could give away some of the resentment that came from that. And I had to wow. look at how do we do uh, with these two new people who are in my life and divide the custody over the creative projects and who, and like how, how can the babies thrive? Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really thankful to have like logic that, that they're, you know, that, that my, you know, my, my ex-husband um, is a, a logical um, as far as, as far as I know, ethical person who hasn't been fighting and we really, really talked about it. And it was absolutely one of the strangest experiences I've ever had in my life. But for me, I needed a clean break. So I left behind my production company, 
um, all the equipment, my office, my nonprofit, my home, most of my worldly possessions, my best friend, my husband and okay. creative partners, and then had to grieve the loss of friends. And let me, and like the first thing I did, I know it sounds really weird is I started a Patreon and mm. it um, it's called permission slip. And I knew like immediately, like within the first 24 hours, I founded my own company because I knew I need a place to put these things. Yeah. And then I don't know what this is yet. I don't need to have the branding and the mission and everything down today because I'm right. grief stricken and I'm crawling around the house. Right. I have to save the babies. Right. And looking at it now, I'm like, I'm really glad that we ha had such a solid foundation of a relationship right. that we were able to like really do this. And now we can all be free to create and like, hopefully, you know, clap for each other. It was just a right. terrible thing that happened. Yes. But yes. I went, but I went with my gut, like the first thing that happened once I found out, I wrote myself notes and just going with your intuition is very important. Um, I said, uh, congratulations, you're not insane, because I was suspicious. Uh, go see the world. Um, and uh, maybe have a lover in every port. I don't know, we put that one to the side. But <laughs> I just said, just just um, write yourself a permission slip to right. create without abandon, wow. right? Yeah. And it's taken a while, because I, I create based on my real life. And I was so freaked out tj of like what do we do what do we do with the intellectual property and all the stuff that's pending and what it really took was my manager um joe at zero gravity to, to take me to the side and um and he said i don't want to work uh, i don't want you to worry about this too much you're yeah. not going to believe me today but what happens now the work that you create from this raw vulnerable place is going to be the greatest work you've ever created and that has turned out to be true. So I'm yeah. a year, it's been a year since I got took a one way ticket to Mexico, um, thinking that I was going to go on vacation, a 28 day emotional rehab, if you will, yeah. because I needed someone to take care of me, yeah. because I was not okay. Um, so the Rio Palace Peninsula took care of me, like, and it was not about, you know, getting like after after up, right, like the right. stereotype of being right. an all inclusive resort, it was waking up every morning and saying, okay, what does Stephanie want to do today? Wow, Stephanie, yeah. the individual person, not the collaborative group artist. And so coming back to self um, is what I had to do to get to this next level of creativity. And, uh, and yeah, becoming a digital nomad, it's not like like that's what like popped in my head. It was basically taking life's lemons and turning them into lemon margaritas because I realized right. what's the point of like, you know, like, like why was I living at, a, at an all-inclusive resort? It was literally cheaper to live there than getting the worst studio apartment by myself in Los Angeles or New York city. That's bonkers. And I know that yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so again, I have about a year's worth of new stories um, coming from that. And you know, potential opportunities that people want me to tell that. And I don't have to tell a bitter story about how right. it fell apart. It's uh, I'm choosing to write the story about how I've built something completely different and beautiful. Um, and I forget your original question. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of being an artist um, is taking like some of the, the punches that we get in life and saying like, 
okay, how do I get this out of my body? Yeah. Whether it sells is not important. I needed like right now, I just have a bazillion chapters that I don't know if I'll ever publish, you know, uh, because I wanted to just get it. I call it the diarrhea draft when you just need to get out get all the out. emotions yeah. and give yourself permission. And then you have to be in a certain mindset to like mine. Okay. What is this? What am I trying to actually say here? And what's like the actual message and the lesson here. Um, and so painters do this too. It's just like, ah, you know, I got to get this out. Yeah. Like when you look at like the underpainting versus what right. what's on top, it's very different. You have to let yourself do it. And I'm telling you, it heals your soul. Like art and creativity has saved my life because I could have gone down a very, very dark path um, because that's what people were offering me. They were like, you know, like this thing happened to you. You got to do revenge. The, you know, you got to, the best right. way to get they over someone is under someone else. I've never been offered drugs so much in my entire life. Right. They want, they just like, and what, what I was hearing is people saying, Oh my God, you're injured. Numb out here. Here are numbing agents. Right. And no, no. Like, because that was going to go through kill, it. But yeah. Go. It's so important to go through it, even though it's so fucking painful to go through it. But on the other side, we see that creative, uh, that creative energy just really shining, shining through. Um, Stephanie, thank you so much for being so open and 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 vulnerable with your course, sharing, yeah. but also leaving us with and, and giving us some really good takeaways for building an artistic life that is authentic and genuine um, and full of self permission um yes to to be the artist to be the creative that that you want to be so really quickly uh stephanie can you give everybody an idea of uh what you're working on and where people can find more out about the work that you are doing oh absolutely um i mean i'm on all the social media so feel free to add me on the facebook the instagram the twitter um, i'm stephanie Uhas, um s-t-e-p-h-a-n-i-e-y-u-h-a-s um if people so so if people want to reach out to me directly i have a couple ways where we can cool. kind of work together yeah. um so you people can hire me actually um i'm offering a promotion of anybody um, who books through utj um gets 10 percent off their consulting so awesome um, you want to you know have me do anything from take like put my eyes on one of your projects versus, you know, I am certified as a creative coach. Um, I would be glad to talk to you. Um, you know, I usually uh, advise 10 hour blocks. So just hire me as a consultant and I am here for you. But otherwise, honestly, the best way to get involved in my work directly. And if you want to hear more about the story of what it took, you know, to, to, you know, I initially started my campaign as TV or bust on my former production company, Cinevore, and I'm still on that mission, but under permission slip. And now it's really the story of a woman who rebuilt herself from the ashes and it's yes. raw and it's visceral. So you can see, you know, advanced pages. You can actually weigh in on my work. You can weigh in on everything from what am I going to wear to my next pitch meeting? And that's honestly the best way uh, to get involved in me. And that's on Patreon and it's called Permission Slip. And I look forward to uh, chatting with y'all. I love it. Thank you so much for that offer on your consulting services and also uh, 
guiding us to your Patreon. Uh, all of this information, everybody's going to be in the show notes so that you'll have access to that expediently um, so you can reach out to Stephanie uh, whenever you have a second. I really, really think that so many of you will benefit from connecting with her. So once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast, and I'll see you next time.